Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. Someone once said to me, you take the world's worries on your shoulder, you can't fix everybody. And I thought, no, I know, but, but it's nice to try and help people. That's this week's guest, Catherine Davey. And this week's discussion, amongst other things, talks about walking a Camino with teenagers. <laughs> this is a weekly podcast about the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James. And if you are walking to prepare for the Camino, you might like to download the podcast app on your phone and search for My Camino, hit subscribe and download all the episodes. There are 230 interviews with pilgrims from all around the world. James was one of Christ's apostles. And there are so many documentaries and books and scholars and theorists speculating on what Christ's message was that James was so eager to teach. Well, I'm none of those experts, but I like to think it's it's about love. And one of the places on earth you can find people open to giving and receiving love is El Camino de Santiago, the ancient and spiritual paths across Europe, pilgrimages under the blessing of St. James. Most pilgrims hope to arrive in the majestic Baroque Cathedral in the northwestern Spanish city of Santiago de Compostela, which is St. James under a field of stars. You walk into the town square with the cathedral towering over you. You may have walked 100 kilometers or 10,000 kilometers. It doesn't matter to you or anyone else in the square that day. You're a pilgrim who has arrived, and your arrival is as significant as any pilgrim over the last 1,500 years. You have arrived, the end point of your pilgrimage. But your actual pilgrimage will continue as you take what you have learned and loved from your journey on the Camino home with you. You might pause one day to help someone. You might say to the people in the lineup at the supermarket, go ahead, I have all the time in the world. You might say to your aging mother or father, I want to talk. I want to forgive. You might say to a sibling that you haven't spoken to in a while, Hey, my child wants to speak to your child. You might say to a neighbor, Are you okay? The Camino gives us the energy, the courage to be the best person we can be. I remember sitting with dozens of pilgrims in Santo Domingo de la Casada. We were all ordering beers and wines and the night got longer than someone said, oh, we should, we should settle the bill. And a Spanish pilgrim who had walked past paid the bill for us without us even knowing. And it was such a beautiful gesture. We felt her blessing. We sought her out the next day to say thank you. The Camino provides these moving moments And my Caminos have had an an enormous impact on me and therefore on my family. And my sons tell everyone who asks, it changed dad for the better. And I wish I'd been able to take my sons as teenagers on the Camino, but COVID has put a stop to all of that. But there's an old saying attributed to the American columnist Bob Talbot. Teaching kids to count is fine but teaching them what counts is best. Let's meet a pilgrim who took teenagers on the Camino. Catherine Davey wrote to me a little while back and we sent a few messages back and forth and I convinced her 
to appear on the podcast from Northern Ireland. Welcome, Pilgrim. Thank you. Lovely to be here. I'm very scared. You don't have to be scared. Now, you wrote to me, Catherine, to say you listen to the podcasts on your daily walks in Northern Ireland. Tell us where. What are those walks like? So I, I live kind of out in the country, so I have lots of lovely walks all around my home here. There's a nice 12-mile walk I do around the roads. But also we have what's called Divis Mountain, which is about 10 minutes away in the car. And it's a lovely mountain overlooking all of Belfast. Um, for many years, it was um, the Ministry of Defence, the Army were based there as a shooting range. And they would have been situated there during the Troubles. Um and the National Trust have bought it now, maybe 10, 12 years. So it's open to the public now. So it's it's about a 6.2-mile walk, the loop that I would do. And it's just overlooking all of the city. So I love heading up there with the dog for a good hike or a run. And I just never really was one for podcasts. And then I thought one day, oh, I'm going to listen to something. Because I like listening to the nature when I'm out and hearing the birds and I'm very much a talker and I meet people and chat, but I thought, I found your podcast and I thought, oh, and I started listening to them. So that became my daily little routine, popping the podcast on and taking myself off. And it probably got me around the road a bit quicker and I was oblivious to everything about me, just imagining myself back on the Camino. So thank you for that because it brings it all back. And with COVID, we haven't got there and it just makes it all stay alive for us. Oh, that's lovely. I'm so pleased that it's connected with you. In Northern Ireland, I was there in the early 1990s and I was telling Catherine before um, we started the interview that um, my heritage is from Tipperary in the Republic of Ireland and I ended up wandering my way up into Northern Ireland when I was over there in the early 1990s and I ended up in Port Rush and I did a lot of the walks around the, the beautiful countryside there, the Giant's Causeway, and it's some majestic, oh, the landscape up there is absolutely stunning. So you go six or seven mile walk each day. That, uh, that's quite a walk. That's You obviously love love walking. Yeah, I love walking. I, I've always walked. So I, when I was thinking about this podcast, and there was five of us kids growing up, and we had no car. So we walked, we were walked, the legs were walked off us. We were just walked everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so my mum used to tell me I was the best walker in the house. So I think that was, looking back on that, that was just to get me to walk. So I wouldn't moan when I was walking. But, um, you know, she always said, we used to visit my gran- my granny every Saturday. And then she used to walk me back home, which was maybe four miles. And if I complained, she'd say, oh, come on, you're the best walker in the house. None of the rest of them are as good as you. You're the best walker. So... <laughs> Uh, it's, I've all, yeah, always just loved my walking. Um, and you said about the North Coast, we have like a, a caravan, I don't know what you'd call trailer maybe you guys call it, it's like a holiday place we have just, we've got when the kids were small up on the North Coast, not not far from Port Rush. So we head up there at the weekends just to get a bit of a rest and do the coast walks all around there. It's a lovely part of the world. It is. I was walking one morning and... Um this fellow came up to me on a quad bike and he said, what do you think you're doing? And I said, well, I'm just walking, enjoying the countryside, man. What do you think you're doing? And he said, you're on the fourth hole of one of the most exclusive golf courses in the world. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Port Rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. It, it, because it was just a little, a little bit of snow on the ground, and I didn't, I couldn't see where I, that 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 I was on a golf course, but it was absolutely beautiful. So, you wrote to say that you you first walked um, with your husband, your twelve year old son, and sixteen year old daughter. The Camino, you said in your email to me, hit us hard. You said, Dan, it hit us hard. What, what does that mean? Like, tell, tell us about that impact. Well, I actually had first gone the year before. I, I won't go deep into that. I'd mm. gone with some people the year before and um, never heard about the Camino. And um, this person had said to me, have you ever heard about it? And I thought, no, it's a walk through Spain. I thought, hey, I love walking. I'll go. So I came home and spoke to my husband and kids and thought, you know, there's a chance to get a walk here. Would you mind if I went? Um, so I, I went with a group of people that first year. And without going too much into that, that gave me the bug for it. But it didn't fulfill what I thought it could have in me. Um, it was very rushed. I kind of felt we got up in the morning, walk, 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 and so tired at the end of the night. And throughout the day, whilst I was walking, I seen lots of other people sat having coffee, having a glass of wine. We were just walking, walking, walking. And I thought, oh, there has to be. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, sometimes we, we arrived in at the same time to the different towns and villages. So they, they were stopping and enjoying it. And, and I just... I thought, you know what, there's got to be more to this. So I came home and probably like everyone, you try to explain the Camino. I don't know whether you really can explain the Camino to someone who hasn't walked it. I mean, I remember sitting, I remember coming back and we went out for a meal in um, a place quite close to home and I was the waiter, as they do, any holidays this year. I thought, yeah, going on a walk and holiday. And he went, Sorry. And I said, a walking holiday. And he said, walking on holiday. And I said, yes. And he said, he actually went away and came back and said, did you tell me you're walking on holiday? And, I said, <laughs> and he was only a young guy, already 18, but he just could not get his head around it. I was passing walking on holiday in the same scenario. So anyway, I came home and then Christmas came that year and I was really thinking... Because when I was walking that first year, I was looking at things and tasting the food and thinking, oh, Jim, that's my husband. Jim's my husband and Beth and Sam, my children. I thought, oh, they would love this and they would really like this. And part of me was like, oh, because we, we had never had a family holiday abroad. Um, I Whenever I went to college in Devon in the south of England, where I met Jim, who's from there. And so when I lived, I stayed in Devon for six years. So a holiday that I took from work was my mom coming to visit me or my family coming to Devon. And then I wanted to come back home and we moved back here. And then our holiday was used up by Jim's family coming from Devon to right. visit us over here. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, we'd, we'd never gone away anywhere really. Um, so I thought, do you know what? I'm going to try and book this for us. And that we're all we're all pretty fit. Um, my son is a boxer, and he's all Ireland title and Ulster titles, and he, wow. he does his boxes. So he's very fit, and, and Beth's very fit and likes her walk, and like me, and, and equally Jim, he played rugby for years. So we, you know, we all we all like the outdoor, and we're all fit. But I aimed an ad and thought, oh, should I book this for us or not? And and I thought about it, and I chatted my friends, and said, what do you think? So it was Christmas time, and I I, I was in work and. I'd got promoted to manager and I was thinking, should I do this? Should I do this? And my, my support manager that covered Northern Ireland 
came into work and she she handed me this. Now this is probably a bit corny, but she said, "Oh, that that's a present for, from me for working so hard." And and I, I nearly fell off the floor when I opened it. It was a little gift bag from a jewelry shop, and it said "Pilgrim" on the bag. No. And inside was a, a silver shell. <gasps> and I thought, oh my God, this is really, really freaking me out. But that's probably me just being corny. But I thought, mm, is this the sign that I need to do this? So that was Christmas time. I'd been saving up some money. I'd been putting money aside thinking about this. But in the January, um, Sam was 12 and he'd always, always wanted a holiday with a swimming pool. That's all he loved. So I'd love to go on holiday with the swimming pool. And, and we had a little touring caravan that we used to tour around in and take yeah. the kids locally up the north coast on holiday. Um, so we, Jim and I were shopping one day and we thought, you know what, this was the January. Let's, Jim said, let's just book a holiday this year. The kids are growing up. and you know, let. So we booked a trip to Lanzarote for the July. And that beach holidays, not my thing. Not that I hadn't been on one, but I, I just... Thought of flying all day by a beach that would drive me mad. <laughs> but we thought, we'd book, we'd book it. So we booked Lanzarote. Jim had had a lot of work on and I thought, right, let's we'll treat ourselves. But equally, in the back of my mind, I was thinking I really want to bring them on the Camino. And I was putting a little bit of savings aside. And so it was a really, really wet January day. I'll never forget it. The kids were at school and the fire was lit. And I started looking at the computer and researching. And I thought, well, I won't die. And the flights were coming in about 600 odd quid. And anyway, I thought, oh, shall I hit the button? Shall I not hit the button? I thought, right, I'm just going to do it. So I booked the flights and I pre-booked all the accommodations on booking.com. Mm. And following, that was January. And the following night, I was driving home from work and met my friend. I said, oh, you know, I booked the Camino for me and Jim and the kids last night. And I said, you know, flights weren't bad, 600 odd quid, but ended up paying 200 extra for baggage because I booked four bags. And she said, why? Sure, you're allowed a 10 kilo bag free. And you're." And I thought, oh, oh no, I just paid an extra 200 quid. But it was all going to my favour. You know how it is trying to get through the airlines yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or anywhere like this, getting a human being or getting someone to talk to. So I thought, oh God, because I was just trying to put a little bit aside and working out. Your Camino's not really overly expensive for accommodation and food when you're there. But anyway... Long story short, I got through to Erlingus. I got a lovely American lady, and I just, I just said, "Look, I'm saving up for a, for a holiday for the family, and you know, I've booked these. I've paid an extra two hundred euro for four bags when I didn't have to." She very kindly put the money straight back in the oh, bank. Oh, fantastic! So, yeah, yeah. So things. So anyway, I kept I kept that a secret until two weeks before we went. It was a long few months because I booked the tickets in January, and throughout that period of time, I'd gone over to. Um, the outdoor shops and I bought each of them each week a rucksack and socks for walking and, and keeping it secret the whole time right oh yeah it was hard at oh time. my so gosh many times, I know I know so many times I wanted just to say listen but but no I right up until two weeks before because I kind of thought mm, now if someone was to bring this on me the night before if Jim had a sprung on me the night before you're going to Spain tomorrow I'd be like well oh, I need this I need that yeah, I need yeah, all yeah. these different things so I thought you know, we had a wee bit of organisation to do. Um, so two two weeks, exactly two weeks before, I just said, go down and sit in the sitting room. I've got a surprise for you. So as I said, Beth and Sam thought, oh, she's got a new puppy. We're getting a puppy. You're There's getting a puppy. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just came down with, with three rucksacks for them. And I, what I had done was I had made up a little booklet 
um, the DAV family Camino um, and I had made an itinerary and I had put a little note as to where we were going, when we were going and a little photograph of all our accommodation, a little bit about each town that we were staying in and um, I'd given them all the booklet. Just with a little letter, I had typed a little letter to say that when I went the first year, I really missed them and wished they'd been with me to see and enjoy everything and that I booked this week for us all to go walking and I hope they enjoyed it and I and I put in it that you're going to get tired, you're going to get blisters, you're going to get sore feet, but it's one week of your entire life. Uh, just make the most of it, try and enjoy it and when they came back, they had one week at home and then they could rest all they wanted on the holiday to Lanzarote. So that when you talk about one week, where did you start walking? Like, where did you fly into and, and, and how long did you walk? So the first year I had done, when I went my own, I had done 10 days in the Camino Inglés. And when I went with the family, we walked from Saria. Uh-huh. So, so we flew from Dublin. To, yeah, we flew from Dublin to Santiago to Compostela. And then we walked from Saria to Santiago. Oh, and then had a few days in the city. And, and the kids, like... Um, being in, in the, the town at the end and going around the shops and just making ending off the holiday for them, yeah. do a bit of spending and yeah. yeah. How, how does a teenager? Because um, you might just tell us how old were the children when? when so Sam was twelve and Beth was sixteen. Okay, sixteen-year-old and a twelve-year-old. How do they cope with the? Because it's not easy. The Camino is not easy. It's it's. If you head out in the morning and you're walking from Saria, you are walking, you might do 25, 30 Ks in a day. How, how, how do they cope with that? It's not easy. Yeah, you know, they, they were brilliant. And I must say, um, there was not one word of complaint the oh, whole wow. time. And, and, and I was really anxious that because nobody really knew what to expect. And, you know, whenever I came down to the sitting room that night, I still remember Jim because he paid for the Lanzarote holiday and we were going to Lanzarote, um, you know, we were still paying costs for our caravan up the North Coast. And the first thing Jim done was I gave him the little book and they were reading it and he went, have you paid for this? Because I think he thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's, she's handed me this and have I got to find the money to pay for this time? <laughs> and, and I had phoned his boss. When I was booking the flight, I had phoned his boss um, to book his holiday to see if he could have that time off. You're and so, joking. You know, are you? I had, I had did you really? Yeah. Oh, you're the yeah, best. Oh, uh, well, they, they over here, the old sort of holidays in July, a lot of firms would cool. still take the, the two weeks holiday in July. So we, we were going on the 29th of June. So I had to make sure he had the time off work. So, um, but no, you know, they were absolutely brilliant. I was really anxious and I'm thinking, oh God, I hope they enjoy it. And when we got off the plane in Santiago to Compostela, you know, when you get off the airplane, you're going through like the corridor to, to go and collect your bags. When we looked to the right, the rain was pelting down. And when we looked to the left, the sun was shining. And Sam said to me, what side are we going to? And I thought, mm, I don't know, but I hope it's that side. But it wasn't that side. It was the side with the rain. And and we got a lovely taxi lady that I'd booked to take us Um to our first accommodation and it, the rain was coming down so fast that the wipers the wipers couldn't keep up with it and I thought oh my god what have I done this is going to be horrible they're going to hit every moment of it but you know what there was a bit of drizzle the next morning and the clouds moved and the sky turned blue the whole it was, it was amazing and 
we we didn't um, carry our backpacks because the first year I did, but I wanted to make it a bit of a holiday for them as well. I didn't want to say you're going to Spain, you're walking five days. There's a really heavy rucksack walk. I wanted to get, I wanted them to get as much. I didn't want to put them off, and I wanted them to carry their day pack and see what they felt about it and give them a good feeling without kind of, you know, it was a holiday as well, really. It was, yeah. it was our first family holiday, so it was, it was a holiday as well. But, you know, they, there was not, there was not one, they, they loved every minute of it. So we've decided then, we've gone back, that it will be our family tradition. Even if it's only one week a year, we have said, and I have said to them when they get married, they have their own children, doesn't matter, they take up one week out of the year and we're all doing this together. Oh. But uh, yeah, Jim loved it as well. I mean, Jim likes walking as well. He's pretty much into his kayaking big time, but he, he loves, he likes walking. Maybe he didn't do as much as me, but... I remember in one instant he'd sent his brother some photographs and the message he sent to his brother was, this is going to be hard to beat. And I thought, success. It's, yeah. uh, you know, when I seen that message, I thought, right, okay. But yeah, so everyone just absolutely loved it. What do you think it is that appeals about it so much? It could, because you wrote to me to say that you became a Camino bore. <laughs> Which yeah, I which I, I thought was really funny because I'm a Camino bore as well. <laughs> I talk to people about it all the time. But you also wrote to me to say um, that um, you wrote about the love of the Camino and you said that it hit, hit you hard, it hit your family hard. Um, what do you think it is about it that appeals to you so much? And, and why do you think you want your family to be a part of it? And going forward... What is it about the Camino, do you think? What is it? I think maybe because for me, as I said, maybe earlier in, prior to us starting this conversation, so my, my dad died at 57. And um, as I said, his mother died when he was nine and his father when he was 11. And his brothers all gradually emigrated to Canada and my dad stayed here. And, you know, when I look back, probably all of us look back and think, I wish I'd asked some more questions because mm. only since my relatives have started coming back from Canada and researching their father's history and we've met with cousins and I thought, why didn't we ask those questions? Why, you know, we never had the time or your parents were working. You just never had the time. So we're all so busy, particularly at our house. We're all so busy. I, I work, um, Jim works his day job and then he has lots of evening work. So sometimes Jim's working to nine, 10 o'clock. Sam's busy with his box and best at university. There's very often no time. I mean, we try on a Sunday. This is we sit down and have our families in it. But during the week, everyone's running to a class. Someone's running somewhere. And I thought, you know, I don't want my kids growing up. I'm thinking, why didn't I ask mom that? Or why didn't I ask dad that? So I thought, you know what? Like that first year in the Camino, we are walking. Okay, we're not walking together that whole that whole day because. Jim might walk on with Sam. I need people to talk to. Beth should sometimes put her headphones in and walked on, but that, that's her release. That's her, her time. But we sat down every night around the table, the four of us, had a meal, had a chat. And, and I just hope that when they're older, they remember all of that and, and we get to talk probably more. I don't know. Uh, when we were kids growing up, we spent most of our day out in the street playing. You came out at night and went to bed. You know, you didn't, we, didn't, yeah. we didn't have all that time. And... And I just think, you know, it's it's the one week of the year that I know we'll all be together. We'll be having a meal together. We'll have a chat. We'll have a laugh. And I just hope they, listen, they're never going to remember here. Do you remember the time mom surprised us with a trip to Disneyland? You know, hey, <laughs> no, hey, do you remember mom took us to Spain and made us walk to Spain for a week? But 
But I hope they remember and I hope they remember the chats that we had and the talks that we had because at home, home life's just so busy, you know, and we yeah. don't get that. And and for me, um, I find it hard to switch off from work. I, I would my dream is to to walk the whole Camino and have that period of time where because I find I walk and I maybe two or three days into my walk before I switch off. Mm. And then you've maybe only got three or four days late and then you're back to work again. So um, my dream is to have one day, one day when I was retirement, I could maybe do the whole thing. But I think just even for Jim, he, he, he finds it very hard to switch off from work as well. And I think just, I remember one day walking thinking, do you know what? I'm not even thinking about anything. And I thought, how are we, you know, just to... Just to completely switch off. And I, I just think we all just had our own little space, walked together, but equally walked on our own. And, and you know, ki- the kids never said, oh, I, I thought about this and thought, but I think that they, they equally had their own time walking with their headphones in, just walking it. And that was their space on their own. And I, I think we all need that now and again. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when you mentioned there um, that you hope one day they might remember this crazy holiday that the mother your mother booked for you and, and, and you like to think that, you know, in years to come, you will all be walking together. You may very well be grandma or, or grandmother, fingers crossed. And, 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 you know, let's hope that eventually happens. But I want to take you back to something you said earlier, Catherine, about your father. How old was he when he died? He was 57. 57. Yeah. And you said, you know, I wished I had the chance to ask him some questions. Yeah, because I never asked about his mom or dad, and I'm only finding out things later in life. And, you know, one thing I didn't know, and maybe maybe some people might be horrified at me saying this, there was, so there was five boys, and um, they, they woke up in bed with their father. He, they all shared in bed, and he, he was dead. He'd had a heart attack in his sleep. And looking back on that, I was 21 when my dad died. And, you know, I just think when you were 21, maybe I thought 57 was old. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not. But he, I, whenever I remember my brother telling me um, that the local chapel where they lived had a St. Vincent de Paul box. And, he, and my, my father had told me, he, he stole it. And that's, that's all for me saying this. He said it was for the poor and we were poor and God would forgive me for doing that because I had, there was five of us to face and we were poor too. So, and he was a religious man, he never missed math. But I thought, God, you know, they must have had a really, really hard, hard life, you know? And and I never asked any questions as, as kids. You, well, you didn't, did you? You didn't, you know? So, and as I said, been fantastic over the years. So, my dad's brothers, when they all went to Canada, eventually tried to persuade my dad to go. Um, him and my mom had the five of us, but he went one year. Him, my mom and my, my dad and my older sister for, for three weeks to Canada. My uncle just wanted to get him out of Belfast, away from the troubles, and he spent three weeks there, and it, it wasn't for him. He just he just wanted to come home. Yeah. But over the years, my cousins have slowly started to come and visit, and it has been amazing. And it's, it, it's strange because... Um, it's just an instant connection. You know, we've never met them. So so as they've been coming to visit, they've wanted to find out more and we've all found out a little bit more. I thought, mm. God, you know, why, why don't we not ask these questions or mm. talk about any of this? You know, it's, it's sad too. Yeah. 
What's interesting to me, Catherine, is you know you, your family migrated to Canada. Um, my family from Ireland, um, from Tipperary, migrated to Australia, and there were two twin brothers um, in 1899, and th- the mother had twins, and there was only work enough for one of the boys, so she sent the other boy to Australia, and and there are now almost 400 descendants of that boy in Australia. And my sister Amanda and I were the first ones to go back in the early 1990s. We went back and connected with them. And I actually stayed in the house where they left, where, 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 where Darius Hogan left in 1899. I, I stayed in that house. And, and, and I said... To, 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 the, to the lady staying in the house, which was, was, I think, my mother's, oh, gosh, I don't remember now, some distant relative anyway. And I said, where is everybody? She said, oh, they'll be at the pub. And I said, oh, oh well, that, well, we chip off the old block, you know, that's just like us, I suppose. So my sister and I went down to the pub and we walked in, you know, and, and it was all this noise, all this noise, all this noise. Then it just went quiet. And everyone looked around at us and said, well, who are they? They look just like us. They look just like us. And and I don't know where in the in the family tree they fell and where I fell on the family tree, but they look just like us. They talk just like us. It was just the most extraordinary thing. And family is so important. And, and family is so important on the Camino too. Uh, I, and I guess what I wanted to ask you about is... Um, the 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 way the Camino resonated with you and your family when you walked, did you sense then when you got home that there was a element of the Camino in your home life with your your children and your husband? Did you did you sort of sense that something had changed a little bit when you got home? Yeah, I think we all just we all we all just probably felt that my God, we had time and and I. And time to talk to one another, and and I mean we do try to eat, eat together every night, but it doesn't happen. But yeah, I think we all just realised we got a piece a, a piece from it. I think and a bit of a mm. calmness, and realised you know what, life is so busy. Let's just sit down here and have a chat. And and we all equally got the bug. I mean, I didn't think the kids really would have wanted to go back, but when I mentioned then, yeah, we'll go back and say, yeah, yeah, what we're we going to do. And um, mm. I, the first year I went on my own when I came back. The kids said I was a bit calmer and not as stressed. I don't know how long that lasted. I am a bit of a stress head, but <laughs> Jim, Jim is the calm one in our house. He, but uh, yeah, I, I, and um, people, I, I've heard people say to the kids, well, you know, what did you enjoy the most about it? And mm. they were like, mm. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I just think everyone finds a community. I don't think unless you've done it. Um, no, no, but it's interesting you should, you should say that. Um, because I wondered what your children say to their friends when they ask about well, it. Beth, like me, loves the walk. And so I think what they also loved about it was what I wanted to give them was a bit of Beth was getting married to university in a year or two. And I wanted her, she didn't want to move away from home. And I kind of wanted her to see there's a bigger life out there. There's more to here. You know, we're not just here in this little village. You know, there's more to life. And 
Sam was studying a little bit of Spanish at school, so I wanted him to see a bit of that culture that he was learning about in school. And, and I said to them both before we went, I don't have any Spanish. Beth done Spanish for a while in school. But I said, use every little word that you have. Just, just the people will, will thank you if you try to make an effort. Yeah. You, because I find we go away and everybody can speak English. And I think we need to make a little bit of an effort. So I thought, even just try, use whatever little bit of Spanish you have. And um, eat the food, try the local food. Uh, and Beth met, we, we walked with the mother and her daughter from America and the daughter was studying to be a doctor and Beth had a great day walking with them and a great chat. And I thought, you see, there's a big, big wide world out there. You know, we're not just in this small little place. And, you know, one of the things we laughed at, my husband hates fish, absolutely hates fish, unless it's battered with salt and vinegar covered in it with a pile of chips beside it in the chip shop. He won't, touch, he won't open a tin of tuna in the house, you know. And we walked a really, really long day um, from Malid to is it Azura. Oh, yeah. Azura. Yeah, that's life. And it, it was a long, long, hot day. And um, when we got back to our accommodation shower and everything, the host had got this big table for us all and this big crock pot was put in the middle of the table. It was like a fish chowder. Oh, yeah. And the man, who, the man who doesn't like fish cleared about four bowls of this fish chowder <laughs> in the space of half an hour because he was so hungry. And I thought, God, he didn't like fish. So, and one night then, the second year, I think we were in um, uh, Ponte Vadra and Jim and I were sat downstairs uh, outside in the little seats having a glass of wine and kids were upstairs in the accommodation and um, we'd, all, we'd seen all these, we'd had our meal earlier in the evening, but we'd seen all these lovely tapas and, and side dishes coming out. And we thought, oh, Jim, I said to Jim, let's order a side calamari. You know, the, 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 the rings look delicious. So we, we phoned the kids up and said, you know, we've got some tapas come down. So Sam came down and I said, there's some lovely onion rings there, Sam. Really fresh, crispy <gasps> onion rings. It was calamari though. And he sat beside us and he picked it and we watched him and we drank our wine and we watched him and, Said, did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was lovely. I said, it was hell am I? No, it wasn't. I said, it was. But, you know, we laughed. I thought, if I had told him, that was hell am I, he wouldn't have touched it. So, you know, just, just, I just wanted them to see the culture. I wanted, I mean, we went, as I said, we went to Lanzarote then later that year when we got home. And honestly, it was egg, sausage, chips. Uh, it just, we all realised it wasn't the holiday for us. We, we, it, it was just, wasn't for us. We prefer the, the getting up and walking and meeting people, and you know, it was just—I don't know—it was just just a brilliant, brilliant time. It gets in your it gets in your blood or something. I don't know. It, it kind of gets in your spirit because because you know. I don't know that it's for everybody because you get up in the morning, you get up very early, you walk, and I was only just saying to my wife. Tonight, uh, there's something about stopping for that second breakfast and seeing a big group of people that you've walked with. You, you, you might there might be some Germans, some Swedish, some Filipinos, some Koreans, or something, and you just sit with them and think, you know what? Doesn't matter if I sit here and have another coffee, or heck, it's only ten. It's only ten thirty in the morning. I might have a beer. Doesn't matter. No one cares. No one's judging you. And you might have a chat with somebody about what they did or what they want to do, or they might not want to talk about anything in particular. It's just, and, and in, in many ways, when you think then, oh, I still have 20 kilometers to walk, it still is relaxing though. 
yeah, there's no there's no clock watch. You know, I think I spent my I spent my days clock watching. Got to be in work for this time. Got to get Sam to the school bus for that time. Got to get home for that time. Dinner, boxing class, keep the. And as you say, it doesn't matter how many cups of coffee you have. There's no set time that you've got to be there and you can just enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. I'm not watching. I mean, it gets to the point. I think the, the longest we were there was 14 days. And I think there came that point where Jim said, what day is it today? And, oh. and that, you know, how often do you get that at home? No, you don't. You never get that at home. No. no. Oh, that's amazing. Hey, so tell us about the very first time that you as a family walked into Santiago de Compostela? Oh, it was brilliant. Well, I kind of knew what to expect because I'd walked in yeah. the year before. Yeah. The year before the heavens had opened and it was absolutely bouncing it down its vein. <laughs> but yeah, we, we walked in with um, the, the, the American lady and, and her daughter and we all walked in together and arrived at the square and oh, it was just brilliant. We got a photograph on the steps and we got a photograph of the... the uh, I can't forgive me. I can't remember their names, but we we got a photograph all together, and then we all went round to this lovely little bar, the six of us, and um, toasted ourselves for walking in, and had a, a few drinks and a few tapas, and uh, we we then went. But well, the cathedral mass was. I mean, I grew up Catholic. I was sent out to mass every Sunday. Um, I instilled that in the kids to a certain point where they made their own decision and they have their faith. But I don't make them go to mass every Sunday. I mean, we, we were sent out to mass every Sunday. I don't, yeah. I don't make them do that. But yeah. Yeah. we went to mass and um, we seen the Bonte Fumero. You know, we seen all the proper pilgrim mass mm-hmm. and and I think it, I think it just no matter as you people are from all over the world, from every religion, every denomination. It was it's just mesmerizing and. We, we, we got to see the mass, which was brilliant because you're not always sure if you want to have the full, you know, the pilgrim mass mm. and see all that. But it, it, yeah, it was just absolutely brilliant. And um, that finished finished the walk off because I was really hoping that they would have got to see that because I said I know it isn't always scheduled, but so that just finished finished the, the walk off. And um, yeah, Jim isn't a religious guy. Uh, he's he's not religious at all, but. Again, there's just something mesmerizing about all of that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you a question. And you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Did when you went to that pilgrim's mass, did you say a prayer? Yeah. I I, I said just thank you. Thank you for getting us all here, for getting us all here safely. Yeah. And that they enjoyed it and let us just uh, yeah. But yeah. Just that we, we we made it, we got there safe as a family and Thank you for all of that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I find really interesting about that, Catherine, is that when when I was a kid, I was taught a prayer was an intention. Um, if you wanted something or you wished for something or you, you hoped for something um, – now I'm I'm in my mid fifties. Now um, these days, when I say a prayer, it's more often than not saying thank you, thank you. Yeah, I find that. I mean, I love heading up to the mountain for a run at night, and if I see a lovely sunset or when the summer's coming to an end and the night's getting a little bit dim, and it's fresher, and I'm running, and I just think thank you, thank you for the view, and that I'm fit and healthy to do this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 your children are there with you too. So fantastic! Yeah, how what a, what a what a wonderful wonderful blessing. And 
And so then I wonder, um, I won't ask you to put words in, in your husband's mouth or your children's mouth, but how do you sum up the Camino? If someone asks you, someone at work or, or one of your children's parent, friend's parents say, what's this Camino thing? How do you explain it to people? Well, I mean, I do say it's it's an ancient pilgrimage, you know, but I don't do it for that. I don't know enough about all that history, but I, I don't do it for that. I do it for my love of walking. And I I just tell people it is a, it's a walk through Spain that people do it for lots of different reasons. I do it because I actually love my walking. And the side effects might be some blisters and sore feet, but the long-term side effects... I think our health, happiness, and well-being. Health, happiness, and well-being. That's a really good yes. motto. You I think there are the long-term side effects of it. Apart from you can forget about the blisters and you can forget about the tiredness and the sore feet. And and maybe I mean we didn't stay in our burgays, uh because Sam was twelve and, and Beth was sixteen at the time. As I said, I wanted to make a little bit of a holiday as well, so. I just booked small family room, bed breakfast. Right. I would have got a quadruple room with a private bathroom or I would have got a twin room for myself and Beth and one for Jim and Sam. And I know it's our Camino. I don't care what people say about, oh, you didn't rough it. I didn't want to rough it with the kids. I wanted them to get enjoyment out of it as mm. well. I mean, that's not to say Beth talked about maybe going back with her boyfriend one year and she wants to carry her backpack and she wants to stay in the hostel. So, she, you know, she's got yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but so, so yeah, I, I think, um, as I said, we didn't carry our bags. I did the first year, but the second year we didn't. Now, Jim and I were due to go last September. The family Camino was cancelled and Beth had gone to Canada and Jim and I were going to go. And if we all said if we go back again, we, we'll carry our bags this time because they've got a feel for it now and they, they know what they'd like to do. So, um, but yeah. Uh, everybody's different. I was only just saying to Jen, my wife tonight um who am i to judge anybody i I don't understand everybody's story i don't know their history i don't know what their circumstances are it's not for me to say oh you're not carrying your backpack so you're not a true pilgrim who gives us i mean who really it doesn't matter it doesn't matter worry about yourself stop worrying about other people right but i wondered then now that we've 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 covered the family, um, we've covered um, the religious aspect of it in a, in a in a very gentle sense. But what's one thing that you learned about yourself? Do you think in this whole Camino journey? Mm, I I I find it hard to switch off, and I think well, people tell me I'm very hard on myself, and, and probably I am. I push myself and I maybe expect so much of myself and especially my work and if I, if I get things wrong I tend to blame myself mm. for things that maybe aren't my fault mm. um, and the, well the kids said after I came back the first year I was calmer and I probably was that probably maybe didn't last too long <laughs> but I think I just I think I worried I, wor- I worry too much I'm a natural worrier mm. my mother was a natural worrier and I used to say oh for God's sake stop and I think I'm just following her footsteps mm. but I'll give you an example I so I, I, I do worry. I worry about other people. And someone once said to me, you take, the, you take the world's worries on your shoulder. You can't fix everybody. And I thought, no, I know. But, but it's nice to try and help people. But this might be a bit corny. I had a bit of an incident the weekend. Tried to help someone out. Uh, well, I'm not going to go into all that. But they really, really hurt me. 
and upset me and I had I had been trying to help and I came home I'm reading a book at the moment called The Pilgrimage by Paulo Coelho oh yeah of course yeah, yeah. yeah and I was sitting on Saturday evening and I was thinking oh god you know this has pretty much upset me what's happened here and I read I just happened to read a line in this book and, and I'm going to read it out to you go ahead is that okay yeah yeah and it says why be fearful of saying no to someone or of leaving something undone when the most important thing of all was to enjoy your life fully. And I thought, you know what, that's just what I needed at that time on Saturday night because... That is unbelievable what you just said then. Someone read that quote to me today. Really? That's unbelievable. Well, that, that, those three lines just tipped me on Saturday night. I thought, you know what? That's right. We, oh, we my gosh. Yeah, yeah. When you read that on Saturday night, do you think after what had happened to you, and I don't need to know what happened to you, but if it's something that upset you enough that you felt you needed, you needed some form of solace in, a, in, a, in, in, a, in some respect, what do you think? Do you think I'm okay do you think um, uh, this is the message I needed to hear? Do you think you know? Take that. I mean, or do you just? No, do you, I, don't, I don't think take that. I just or do you think, just think I'm going to be okay? Yeah, I think I'm going to be okay. Here I am, worried about someone else, but it was there. But I do nothing wrong. They hurt me, and I'm worried about them. And, and I thought, you know what? That that's what I need. I'm I'm not going to be fearful of saying. I, I, listen, we we don't want to say no to people. We want to try and help people. As, I don't anyway. We, we we try to help people as much as we can. And but but that instant, I thought, you know, I was doing this as a favour for you, and I didn't want to say no because I wanted to get you out of a sticky situation. And mm-hmm. this is what happened. And now I'm the one sat here upset about it. And I read that and thought, you know what, that's can't be done. And you know that's that's. Two lines, that was all I needed to sort of put me a piece of it. Yeah, the pilgrimage, the Camino provides. Yeah, yeah. It's so magic, isn't it? It's so magic. And and you know what? uh, The first year we walked Saria to Santiago, um, I think it was just coming out of Saria. We didn't bring our hiking poles because um, I know there's sometimes I'd read about it, some of the airlines don't like to bring poles and stuff. So, So we didn't bring any hiking poles, but... Just sort of Saria, um, Sam, you know how they say the lovely wooden staffs mm. for, for walking. And Sam seen a lovely, a lovely staff and we thought, yeah, I get it. And he got a lovely light, light coloured one. And oh, he walked and he had the staff and mm. he was great walking along with it. And he decided to get his stamps on his staff as well as his passport. Oh, wow. And because some of the stamps are print red, black, blue, it looked amazing. And his dad said, when we go home, I'll put a coat of varnish over that. And, you know, and people commented about it along the way. Oh, wow, well, that's great. Whatever. And he had this staff and everywhere we went, he got his stamps. And he, and it was it was lovely. And it was his little bit of his Camino. And he, he was so proud of it and the stamp. And anyway, we, we got back to, we were flying home and it had the metal tip on the bottom. And, and the airline said, it's going to have to go in the, with the luggage. And we thought, right, that's fine. And our bags went through and... Um, 
the, the paper labels and on the bags and off them turn the belt. And there was the lady on the desk had put the, the staff behind her and the bags had gone on through. And I thought, are you going to put that staff through? Yes, she said. You know, we'll go through in a few minutes and we've never seen it again. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I went to the airport. I went to lost property. I went to Dublin. And, you know, that would mean, well, I don't think that would mean anything to anyone else, only us. Because of, if I seen that, if you had that and showed that to me, I think that's lovely, but it, that has no meaning to me. You know, and oh. but no, we never, so if there's anyone out there who's seen the staff, <laughs> no questions asked, <laughs> contact them. Contact yeah, me. Oh. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was so, so nice. You can just imagine this lovely little staff, all the stamps all along it. And Sam was so proud of it. And um, we thought, you know, you'll have that years to come. That, and no, never got it again. Hmm. So. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if that perhaps there's a journey waiting for him down the track where he might. Someone do- will just present him with this, yeah. Yeah, or do it again. Yeah, maybe. Tell us another Camino story, Catherine. Uh, whenever we were in um, last the last Camino, when we had got our bus from Estella to or Estella to um, Biarritz, we were going back to Biarritz, but we got in the bus station in San Sebastian, and we had like fifteen minutes slot to the end get the next bus to Biarritz, where we were staying for our last night to fly out off. We missed the bus and I thought, right, we've got two, two, three hours to kill, but that's fine. We go for a coffee and I'm standing in the queue to buy the, the bus ticket. And this guy stands behind me and he says, oh, he says, that's an accent I know too well. And he said, where are you from? And I said, Belfast. And he said, oh, what are you doing here? And I said, we're here on the Camino, but you know, we're waiting to get the bus. We've missed the bus. Oh, don't worry about that. Where you want to go to? He went up and spoke in Spanish and bought our tickets. He says, right, come with me. So he took us across the bridge in San Sebastian for a coffee. And he was with a friend of his, another guy from here. And you know what? Such a small world. We went across the bridge. He sat with us and had coffee. And he said, where do you live? And I told him and he said, oh, do you know such and such? And there's a guy that I would walk with over here, um, Pat. And it turned out they were lifelong friends. And he was now living in Pamplona teaching English. And his wife was a nursery teacher at the school my daughter had gone to. And I remember her and... I thought, my God, such a small, small world. You know, here we were just in the queue for the bus and he heard me speak and I came home and I was in my local supermarket one night and a girl I know said, well, you know, did you have a good time on the Camino? And I thought, yeah. And she's let me have a look at some photos and I was flicking through the photos and there was one I took of us sat with this guy. And she went, oh my God, is that Hugh? And I said, yes. And she said, he's married to my sister-in-law. She goes, I know him. And so, you know, yeah. It was just a small world, you know, just, and, and another guy I met one night sitting in um, Zabiri and he said, oh, he said, I, I know a girl that went up to the north to work and she works in one of the veterinary clinics. And I said, oh yeah, that's where I work. I said, what's her name? He told me her name. I thought, I work with her. No. And yeah. And um, I took a photograph of myself and him and sent it back to, to the girl at work and said, you know, taking a stroll through Spain, look who I've met, you know. <laughs> And, and he, uh, yeah, and, and I walked with an Austrian lady one day and I was admiring her walking trousers and she said, oh, you're from Northern Ireland? And I said, yes. And she said, my daughter, um, they were from Austria. My daughter done her, her work experience there. And I said, oh, where did she do it? And she done it in the health centre up the road. And, uh, you know, such a small, small world. It is a small world. And, and you know, 
I've, it's, it's like, I remember when, when we first were having children, um, my wife said, oh, we've got to go and buy a pram. And everywhere I looked for the next three weeks, I saw prams. And when, you know, when you're going to buy a new car, you say, oh, will we buy a, a Honda or a Mazda? Everywhere you look, you see a Honda or a Mazda. It's like when you start talking about the Camino, everywhere you go, you see the Camino, people talk about the Camino. It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's so incredible. It's so amazing. And I, just quickly, I, whenever we came down from this, Alto del Pedro on the, the Hill of yeah. Forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were coming, we were coming down that and I really, I knew I just, I moved my leg a certain way and I thought, what have I done? I have really, really hurt my leg. Anyway, we got in, we had our meal. That, that whole night, I thought, I, can't, I cannot move my leg right down the side. I was, I've never had a pain like it. And I thought, I might have to taxi tomorrow, guys. This is going to kill me, but I really have to taxi it. So we had a little apartment in the little narrow street. We were like three floors up. And I hadn't slept all night. And the Camino provides, I found a bag of frozen peas in the freezer of this apartment. So I'd spent the night with frozen peas in my leg. But I woke up, I, I, I couldn't, it was about two o'clock in the morning. And then I sat up and I was looking over the little balcony and it was about half past five in the morning. I thought, what is that noise outside? And I leant, I opened the wooden window shutters and it was the monks chanting in one of the monasteries. Oh. And this, it was pitch black along the street. But the, 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 the echo was coming down the street. It gives me shivers now. I'll never forget it. But some of the pilgrims were starting to walk down the street. And I, there was a guy from over here that I'd met the night before. And I'm three floors up. And he's walking along. And I'm shouting, Steve. And honestly, I think he thought the God was calling from above. Because <laughs> I'm up high. It was pitch black. The monks were chanting. And he looked over his right shoulder. And obviously, there was no one there. And he looked over his left shoulder. And there was no one there. This was comical for me, despite my pain. Because I was high up. And I called him again. And I must have called him about three or four times. And I think he was really beginning to think, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, what is going on? And finally, finally, I said, it's me up here. Because we, I, I got some tablets off him from my leg. But that, that side of the monks chanting throughout that little narrow street in the pitch. Oh, amazing. amazing. It's little wow. things like that. Oh, look, Catherine, it's been absolutely delightful to talk to you. I know that you were a bit apprehensive about talking to me, but you've done brilliantly. And, and it's been wonderful, actually, a terrific insight. Um, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us. And I know raising teenagers has its challenges. Um, I know it. <laughs> Indeed, many of my listeners know it. I suppose the best that we can do is to leave the lines of communication open and how wonderful that you've had the Camino to to provide that opportunity to grow closer to them and yet to provide them with an opportunity to grow in their own way. And we can't expect or insist that our teenagers listen to us. We can only hope, but perhaps by our, our actions, we can provide an example for their journey. So thank you so much for talking to us. Blessings to you in Northern Ireland from from us in Sydney, Australia, from pilgrims all around the world and and and, and to you I, I I hope one day our paths cross perhaps even on the Camino de Santiago. Yeah. And 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 one day I'll get to Northern Ireland and I'll come up there sing some yes. songs for you and it'll be fabulous. All right. Now buen camino. Yeah. Take you on a walk, yeah, Brian Camino. Thank you so much, and thank you for the podcast. They keep me going when I'm walking. Thank you so much. I could listen to Catherine all day. Such a beautiful voice. 
My guest this week, the Northern Irish pilgrim, Catherine Davy. There's an old saying attributed to the American columnist, Bob Talbot. Teaching kids to count is fine, but teaching them what counts is best. Thank you for your company this week and every week. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere along the way Somewhere along the way